With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Welcome to the Companion Podcast. This is going to be a totally free flow conversation to talk about what we learned this month from other podcasts that we recorded. So this month or last month, actually, it's really, really fun for me to work on because we have a lot of story format, which I love, actually. I love story format. I don't know. I don't know about you, Nathan. Do you like story format? You no, I love it. Of course. Sometimes when I listen to a podcast, I do one like, oh, I have to constantly write down notes. I have to constantly do this and do that, you know. Right. Whereas just the story one, you know, I can just let my mind go and then just listen. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you don't, I don't even have to listen to, you know, I don't have to think about so many things. Yeah, also before, enjoyment listen. Yeah, and also before we start, how are you doing, Nathan? I'm doing pretty well. It's nice weather outside. I spent all day outside. My kids were playing with other kids. They ran around. They went in the kiddie pool. There was a slip and slide. That's great. Drank a lot of seltzer. I thought the water is bad. How's Chad doing? I just want to make sure we take care of the chat as well. We have a couple of viewers here. Um, I'm good. Uh, recently, I'm obsessed with the way I consume news. So, I don't know. How do you usually find news, Nathan? How do I find news? Yep. I read. The Washington Post and the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, of which I have subscriptions. Right. And I have a few. Um, I have a, a lurker account on Twitter where I have a few. Yeah, that you never like, follow me? A few, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, echo chamber people who I, you know, look at for enjoyment news. Right. See, that's, that's, way, too, that's way too conventional. That's way too traditional. See, mm-hmm. the way I look for news right now, I don't even go to any of the website. Maybe I would go to sometimes, but like I wouldn't actively go to. So what I did is I have two things open on my tab for news. Okay. Number one, Twitter hashtag trend. So I just look at Twitter hashtag, what's hashtagging, what's getting like 100,000 or 10,000. And then I would just look at what's that hashtag about. I think that's the fastest way of getting news because Twitter somehow, magically, usually is the first platform that get any news. Right. John McAfee yeah, passed. John McAfee supposedly killed himself. In, no, no, he didn't say kill himself. Supposedly died in the prison. That's how I found out. It's on Twitter. On Twitter trend. I'm like, oh, all of a sudden that's like 50,000 50, uh, hashtag on John McAfee. I'm like, what's going on? And then just look it up. And then the second tab I had on news is Google Trend. Have you used Google Trend before? I have used it before, but I don't. Tell tell me, um, it's been a while. What's so up? Google Trend, there's this thing Google Trend. I think you can you can just type in Google Trend. Mm-hmm. It's a page where you can see what's trending on Google Search. Yeah. So there's two and and that and that it trending, shows the time life like yep. to show the graph view. Yep. Yeah, it shows. I the haven't graph. used that for recent news. I've I've used that to look at at historical data. So there's two column in Google uh, Trend page. It's mm-hmm. daily search and. Um, and by hours. Mm-hmm. Daily search is, you know, of course, like that day, what, what's the most search that day. And then hour search is by hours, what's most trending. So like, I usually, because like, I felt like if there's not enough searches on Google, very high percentage or very high, very high chances of the news is irrelevant to me. That's a very interesting concept. So you're, you're seeing, you're yeah. looking for relevance. Yeah. And then seeing if the, but then you're only following Popular, yeah. So like articles, so, yeah. So John McAfee, it's a somehow it's a worldwide international news, right? Mm-hmm. So like a lot of the protests are happening in New in in New York and U.S. might not be a worldwide worldwide you know like uh, incidents or people care about. So like I would just like, but it will trend on Twitter. It will trend on Twitter. So I would still go on Twitter. I just look at it. I'm like, okay, this is what happened, and I'm done. So on the Google trend one, I will look at it. I'm like, oh shit. And then it will, I will click on uh, John McAfee, let's say, and it will give me four different articles. So I can look at four different articles and say what they say about the same incident rather than just read that one article about that incident. 
Yeah, so I can figure out how should I translate or how should I digest the information. I'm not sure if that makes sense. And also like that, yeah, definitely. That just cut off so many unnecessary news. Like there's news about oh, alligators spotted in Florida. Do I care about it? I don't really care about it. Do you care about alligator in Florida? I don't, but I wouldn't necessarily read it. I don't, yeah. I, I've gotten past the the headlines. Right. Yeah. So, but I also work for a traditional media organization that right. prints and buys. <laughs> right. So, so that's how I consume uh, news right now because I feel like a lot of news really not relevant to me. And if it's relevant, and it's relevant to me, it's either an echo chamber that I I should step out from because mm-hmm. being echo chamber is you know uh, most of the time it's. It's not good for you. Which right. is this month's topic. I'm really excited about this month, uh, this month, uh, the James Adventure Show episodes. But before everything, I really excited about the Makes You a Millionaire um, series. I don't know if anyone here listened to Makes You a Millionaire series. I think the series is great. I, I talked to a, 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 a several of my friends. I'm like, I'm really proud of that series. It's what James wanted to do and also my brainchild. So we totally. Nice. Rebranded the series. We have new artwork, which is the one that you guys see, and we have new intro. And I love the intro, and I love the way Nathan edited the intro. That was amazing. Thanks, buddy. I, I used your input, and it uh, it ended up sounding pretty cool. Yeah, and we have three new mentees now: Jason first in restaurant industry, and that mm-hmm. was great. I learned so much about uh, restaurant industry, and I learned so much about staffing and you know the front of house. And the crazy thing that Jason's did is he's such a data person. He just like he he will every night, like even till now, every night after the restaurant close, he will go back, he will open his Excel sheet, he will put right. down at this time, at this time, how many people came to the restaurant, at this time, at this time, how many people reserved the restaurant. And right. then the struggle, the struggle that he's facing right now is apparently the staff shortage. Right. There's a huge staffing shortage across the country. Yeah, uh, in in restaurant industry, it just people doesn't want to work for that anymore. For somehow, you know, people like uh, at this. I felt like after the pandemic, people just choose their work. They they choose what they want to do rather than like, hey, there's a job, I should just do it. You know, traditional service industry hasn't been the uh, no the way it's yeah, especially as the restaurant industry had to shift its total model to a industry without any front of house for a year, right. Yeah, it's and then, yeah because they have to rely on delivery, delivery and, and takeout. These, and takeout. Yeah, it's crazy. None of the traditional busters or servers. So, what do you think about Jason first? Uh, because you know, you obviously I recorded him a bunch uh, because we actually recorded like six or seven episodes already. Uh, you know, but you you just been ad- started editing Jason's episodes. What do you think about? Yeah, I've him? only heard the first one. It, it really interesting. I like um, the restaurant industry. Just seems to be the the most. Something that is that stereotypically fails over and over again. Right. It seems to be a business. Lots of people start up with no concept of of uh, how things work. Um, how of uh, you know the restaurant industry has notoriously tight margins on everything mm-hmm. and a notoriously high failure rate. Um, to see someone go at it from a numbers angle. That's been embedded just instead of just saying, I can do this because I have great ideas for food. Um, to try to take on different approaches from a numbers point of view, focusing on getting butts into seats. I've only heard that first episode. Right. Um, you said you've done six or so. Um, yeah, I, so. I, I'm pretty sure we have six or so because there's sometimes, um, sometimes he came on uh, mm-hmm. and then we started just started recording. We just started recording because it's it's so great because he always bring new ideas and then it's funny because he can't wait every every day every day he can't wait to talk to James about his issues and how James can help with his issues. You know? So what kind of thing do we have going on? What can you give me a hint of what's going to come up in a later episode with him that I haven't edited yet? Ooh, ooh, oh my god! Uh, oh, okay. This is Jason's first story. Obviously, he's not here. He's probably working in the restaurant right now. You know, you know, he he was in he was in the restaurant uh, on the first episode, and then on the second episode, he actually talked. And the second and third episode, actually, he's gonna talk about how he's coming to New York for a job interview. 
for another oh, restaurant. So yeah. he's leaving Atlanta, leaving he, leaving uh, Georgia. Haha! Uh, no spoiler. I'm. I don't know. I'm not gonna tell you. I'm. I, I'm oh not gonna gosh. tell you everything. It's just like watching Game of Thrones. I'm gonna tell you that like the dragon only show up after season four. You know. Wait, there's a dragon. Uh, I think pretty sure there's dragon in Game of Thrones. It's such wow. a weird show. Like they they hype about dragons so much, and then dragon just come on at season four, which is weird. But and then episodes. I think episodes. Um. Four or five, then you will find out if he actually took a job or not, and then how he wanted to change the whole whole industry. One quote we just recorded yesterday that is really good that he said that uh, is that I think he did. I, I'm not sure if this is the direct quote, but it just the quote is you know the restaurant industry is a it's one of the oldest old grandpa industry that hasn't been changed for a couple hundred years. Very true. Yeah, because if you think about it, like who like. Like they always like the quote of like, if it ain't broken, don't change it. Right. You know? So yeah. So uh, so we have Jason first. And then the the other one I really excited about for Mix You a Million S series is Jen Glantz. Mm-hmm. She is one of the most amazing uh, you know, mentees that I've recorded. She is very, very passionate about everything. She's so excited about everything. She's so and uh, she's so what's the word and and enthusiastic about everything, mm-hmm. and then she's not afraid of sharing any of her failures or or her struggle or or her uh, in uh, or, or her weaknesses. That's that's one thing that I find the one of the the bravest thing that you can do is admit your weakness. You yeah, know? and she came right out of the bat. She said. You know, James had introed her on on that first episode. She said, "Just want to tell you, none of my none of these things are going as successfully as as you think, <laughs> as they seem like they are." Yeah, um, she's very good at getting media. Um, you know, it's that kind of infectious thing. So, a little bit of good press on major outlets uh, became a big, uh, big source, and then she got a. I think a three book deal, um, which she's published on the series. Yep. So she's kind of, in a lot of ways, she took. Um, a, she's already done a bunch of these things and skipped the line. You know, sp- yeah. she's already she has spoken wheel approach. She's um, made herself an expert in the field by by getting major news headlines and short segments, things that j- just cement that she's this interesting thing. But now she's trying. She got married and not in it all the way she expected uh, a marriage to go and she's tired of being the bridesmaid for hire and doing this and wants to figure out where where Jen Glantz is going right. to be um for the next 30 years and the craziest thing is that i i never believed that i never believed mm-hmm. this is that you know she started out just by posting ads on Craigslist mm-hmm. like whoever get big and famous on Craigslist i felt like Craigslist is like the dark market that you go into that you might get murdered or might not it is you know? now. I don't know. It didn't always used to be that way. I, really? I used to. Oh, I mean, I I've I got apartments off Craigslist. I met people. I bought stuff. It just right. It got seedier and seedier over time. Maybe that's why. Uh, maybe well, that's why it's it's changing now. Well, see, like, so okay, you know, I'm I'm not from around here. I'm from Malaysia, right? So like, you are? like when I, yeah, well, I'm from Malaysia, and James, you know, picked me up off the uh, fresh off the boat. He's like, okay. I teach you English now, you know. And and all this stuff, and then now I, my English is good, you know. But um, so like when I first came to the states, and I look for apartment in uh, in Craigslist, but before before I go there, I'll, of course I would look up like oh Craigslist review or wherever. <laughs> I have a lot of weird review out there. Like oh Craigslist is like the weird place. You might mm-hmm. get murdered. You might get kidnapped. People might sell you some illegal stuff. <laughs> yeah, but but you know I still get my apartment there. But but that's always my impressions of Craigslist. It's like a weird. Lonely place, mm-hmm. you know. It, it's strange, but yeah, she got huge. She got her first gig off a uh, Craigslist, become the bride bridesmaid for hire, and chat whoever here. Uh, if you want to look for, if you want to look for a bridesmaid for hire, you know, contact Jen's Glance. You know, you can listen to her on our podcast on the James Artichoke Show, the Mix Your Million Air series, and she is great. We recorded, um, we recorded, I think three episodes with her now. And every episode, she just she just brought up different ideas that she wanted to work with. And then, the 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 great thing is that Jens and James can riff off ideas so much 
better than James and I riff of ideas. You know, they're mm-hmm. both so smart. They're both so driven. Um, since then, James been doing the 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 idealist every morning. Wow. Yeah, every morning. That's why she said like she would send us a hu- a huge ten ideas a day list uh, every week. And yeah, and I I really love all the mentees in the Mix Your Milan Air uh, series because every day, every week, someone will send me something. Paolo will send me something like, "Hey, check this out. This is what I did." Jason first will send me something like, "Okay, this is done. You know, this is great." James would do the same. James Kondo would do the same. I love them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and what what do you think? I love it too. Paolo is such an interesting story to me. You know that he's got a real traditional kind of. Um, Maybe not traditional. He's what I think of. He's the normal thing that comes to mind when I think of a guest that would come on the show. He's he's really? taking social media. Yeah, because he's taking social media and bots and app development and doing it the quickest way to make the biggest gains. Right. And that that fits into that mold. But I love hearing him. He talks about it. Um, you know, software development is just as like... <laughs> bug tracking as it goes along you're listening to these people you know have him and james bounce this idea off each other hey this got caught okay now rework it try it this way see if this is going to do you know okay no but the system's picking it up after this amount of thing and just hearing it fix out bugs like um troubleshoot into into something that could that could be a functional product or how they could take the idea and and implement it in a way where it's not going to get shut down is really I love hearing someone the, them puzzle that kind of stuff out. Right, and also like one 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 great thing that happened to Paolo, I would mm-hmm. say right here. Um, so for, for whoever that just joined uh, the live stream, this is the Company Podcast live recording sessions for the James Aperture Show. It's a Company Podcast, so it's hosted by me and Nathan. I actually learned this from Brian Keating. Like every five minutes, it will just you know you know just market yourself, up, put yourself mm-hmm. out there. So one good thing that happened to Paolo that I really have happy about. And also, I'm really happy about our community. Um, you know, we talk about GPT three, GPT two, whatever, mm-hmm. right? So, at that time, the first when the first episode came out, he doesn't have access to GPT three. I have access, but I can I can pass him the account because it's tied to my Google account. Mm-hmm. Someone on podcast Facebook page actually reach out to me and James say, "Hey, I have GPT three access. I want to give it to Paolo." And that happened. Wow. And then Paolo just been going crazy on GPT three for the past for the past few weeks. Oh my yeah. gosh. So wow. Yeah. So actually people actually reach out to Paolo, like, hey, I have this thing. You can have it, make you make good use of it because I'm not using it. So this that's why I love the community, like the James Artichio community so much because this thing happens. You know, yeah, we will get hate, we will get like, you know, we get slammed by people, but Good thing happens too, you know. So I'm really happy about uh, Paolo episodes. I'm really happy about all our contestants. But okay, so I have a question for you. Who do you what? think is going to be the first one that makes the millionaire? To be a millionaire for the mixing a millionaire. First one to make it to a million. Yeah, I mean, I wish it could be me, but uh, I'm not in the program. I. My guess would be James Quandall simply through really? the, because he has an active model that he's developing for the Amazon seller account. Mm-hmm. He's already got this up and he's been taking that, um, as we learned in recent episodes on that, he's taking, um, you know, becoming, cementing himself as an expert on Quora. He's learned from, he's learning from um, this direct user base who's interested in this, how he could diversify his course. He knows how to develop a course through any of these platforms. I think he could create a product, you know, in this uh, teaching model and do it very quickly just because it's something that could get to market immediately and start earning. Right. Interesting. Interesting. That's very interesting. Well, I, like, uh, like for the longest time, I thought James Quandell too. Uh, mm-hmm. I think James Quandell would be the clo- the, 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 the quickest. Uh, but after recording Jen's, and Paolo mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh, Jason. Jason. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of rooting. I mean, like, of course, we all they all will be millionaire at some point. I'm pretty sure. Uh, we we're just talking about who will be the quickest, who will be the first, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of rooting for uh, Jen Glenn. Jen, why do you think Jen? 
she is very enthusiastic. She is very excited. She is a go getter. Um, and she is also a people person. Definitely. And she always come up with ideas. Yeah, she's a self marketer. Yeah, she's a self marketer. And this is what I like about her the most. Like every time James would give some ideas, or there's some ideas come from her, she would be like, hmm, I like the idea. I know I can do it, but I'm not passionate about it. Interesting. I, hence, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So she know what she want to do. And she know some things that she's good at, but she don't want to do it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like Definitely. sometimes, some, like, 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 you know, like every, our everyday life, you know, we know we are good at something. We know we can do something very well, but we're just not passionate about it. Mm-hmm. You know, then, you know, we're like, okay, yeah, we'll still do it. And then we do a half-assed job and then you're not happy. You right. know, where she, where Jen is like, I know this is why, I'm, I know, I know I'm passionate about this. I know this is what I want to do. Even though She's I'm gonna not whole good, ass it. Yep. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> you have to choose either you half asset or whole asset. You know, mm-hmm. a whole asset is probably better than half asset. So like whole she, ass. yeah, she, she like, even though there's challenge, I know I can learn about it and then I can maybe do it a good job at it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I have my money on Jen Glance or maybe Paolo because, you know, if you can sell the app very quickly, you can make a million dollars very quickly. Definitely. That is a very right. lucrative. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we should bet on this. Uh, whoever wins, whoever loses, buy another person coffee. Oh, yes. Okay. Coffee. Coffee's wrong. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I I lived in over 100 or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I I became a really good guest of Airbnbs. And I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was, I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests and having my own Airbnb or or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away and I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee and I still to this day get messages every day 
James Aldacher, would you like to apply to be VP of en- Entertainment at NBC or whatever? So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. All right. Now let's get into the regular, the James Hathacher show. Do you have a favorite episodes this month? I really enjoyed Uni Turretini, uh uh-huh. l- listening because I've been interested from all the Brian Keating episodes. The Nobel Prize has been a, a very, I feel like I'm a, um, I'm a very informed um, listener. I'm in very, very informed about the ins and outs of um, the Nobel, Nobel Prize. Prizes in ways that I never thought or wanted to know. But since right. I have that information, hearing somebody else with a different span and a different in a an angling on the Peace Prize um was a very interesting um kind of set of pop culture trivia for me. Right. It, it's kind of crazy. Like like so we are talking about episode seven hundred and twenty six, the corruptions mm-hmm. behind the Nobel Peace Prize with only for whoever that haven't listened to it yet, please listen to it. It's a great episode about the Nobel Peace Prize. See, for the longest time, I thought Nobel Peace Prize is about peace. But apparently not. The Nobel Peace Prize is just about politics. Everything is politics nowadays. Not nowadays. It's since the, the, was it since the, the creation of the Nobel Peace Prize, it seems like yeah. it was about politics. So yeah. The reason why that prize in particular is given, given in and by the government of Norway as opposed to Sweden when, with all of the other Nobel Prizes. Yeah, see, and, and also like apparently the Nobel Peace Prize was created out of a love story. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like he, Alex... Alex Nobel is is his name, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. So he he was in love with this woman, but he can't really get it, get her. So like he created this prize. Eventually, she went on and got the prize anyway. Mm-hmm. Five years later, after Five his years death. Later. Yeah. <laughs> this I only have this. I always have this theory. You can't be popular until you are dead. Right. Yep. Look at Michael Jackson. Look at Jason McAfee. Look at. David Epstein. <laughs> no, no, not David You're Epstein. Look all at of Jeffrey these names Epstein. wrong. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I say all it all this name wrong because I I well, hey, English is my second language. Sorry. That's fine. Uh, yeah. So that it's a, such a great episode because you learn about the the true story about Nobel Peace Prize. You know, you mm-hmm. you you don't you don't just you don't just like a lot of time things present to you differently than what is is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that makes sense. So, so I always love this quote by I forgot who it is by was it by Jordan Harbinger or whoever. There's a there's a good reason and there's a real reason. Real reason. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything like no matter what happened, no matter what, it's everything is political. Like you always have to think about why and how and why now, why me. You know what I mean. So. I so the car, so the episode seven twenty six uh, with Uni is great because it's a story that you can mm-hmm. learn, and then she also talked about loneliness. Uh, uh, one quote that I really likes from her is some you know loneliness is not necessary that that's uh, no one around you. Sometimes when that you have friends with you, you have other people with you, you still feel lonely because you are not being heard, mm-hmm. you know, or no one listened to you. So. She has a free course as well, you know. Like if you go to, I, I appreciate it's uniturutini.com, um, or you can go to the episode's description. There's a description there. They can take a course on loneliness. 
And Very for cool. me, uh, I'm really about, happy about uh, the past month's episodes because one of my good friends, uh, Steve Cohen, was on the oh, show. Yeah. yeah, he's a magician. He used to produce this podcast, right? No, no. That's a different Steve Cohen. What? This is a Steve Cohen, the magicians. Wait, I thought it was the hedge fund guy. No. How many Steve Cohen out there? That's, that's crazy. I really want to know how many Steve Cohen out there. All right. So for the episodes, uh, I think uh, it's… What number episode, was it? I'm getting confused. It's episode 715. How to win the crowd with the millionaire's magician Steve Cohen. Oh, that episode that, that is Steve great. Cohen. Yeah, Love him. That, yeah, the episode is great because like he talked about all the techniques of like how to, you know, like how to… Oh, what's the word? How to distract people, you know. Yes. And also, uh, there's, there's a word for it, but I can't remember. It's not distract. This uh, misdirections. How to misdirections. Mis- misdirections. How to misdirect people. And he also talked about the techniques, you know, on on the stage. And he, and the cool thing about that episode, he actually performed two magic for us on the episode. He did, and right. So was those were only available on uh on where, where did they post on this Instagram? So it was yeah, it was on Instagram and on YouTube. It was on James IG story, and also on the James Archer. Uh, YouTube. And the craziest thing about that episode is that, you know, like, so that New York started lifting the, the restrictions for, mm-hmm. for performance. Tracy Morgan actually attended the show. Nice. Yep. He told me is like, he just seen a Ferrari in front of the, of his, of the of hotel. And then he just walked up to the Ferrari and then he realized, oh, it's, it's Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. He gave him his card. And then next thing you know, Tracy Morgan's assistant called him. So moral of the story, always walk to a Ferrari. <laughs> you never know who you're going to see. Always walk to a it. Ferrari. I love yeah. it. You know, I, I something I love, I loved a whole different angle um, about that Steve Cohen episode, which was why and how he branded himself the millionaire's magician. And just, you know, because he thought that was something that would not work. Just, he, he right, when he started, he wasn't, playing to only high roller rooms. He was no. magicians aren't notoriously um successful people either. You you know no. you put that in a uh, a level of of hard working stage performer where yeah. there's fame but it's not there's not a there's not a lot of room at the top. And he did he took that branding well and decided, you know, by putting himself as a certain thing he could get a certain kind of crowd. Yeah, because if you think about it, like for the longest time in the history, there's court jester and then the mm-hmm. court med, uh, musicians. There's mm-hmm. never a court magicians. Never a court magician. Right? If you think about it, there's no like, you know, like back then there's court uh, musicians like um, yeah, Beethoven or like Mozart. Like they, mm-hmm. they just go to the court and play for the, uh, the, uh, the royal. But that's no court magicians. Like, like if you are a magician, you might be a witch or you might be a wizard. That's very true. You know, exactly. and then you get you get hung down, you get mm-hmm. burned. Even if you write with your left hand, apparently in the during the the witch hunting uh, period, if you write with your left hand, you're considered a witch. <laughs> anyway, the other thing that I like about him is he constantly practice. He, you know, as he mentioned in the podcast, he always have his has a deck in his pocket. Like mm-hmm. he will always like if he's. If he's not doing anything, he will always shuffle. He will always shuffle, practice uh, sleight of hands, and you know, and he, you know, he would he would practice everything. And I, and also the other thing that I like about him is also a huge Batman fans. Every yes. time I walk into the park with him, I will see him wearing Batman t-shirts, and I wa- I'm wearing Batman t-shirts, and they were like, "Yay! Oh yeah, that's from comic books. What what what? And this from comic books. What what what? That's great." Yeah, so I, I love the episodes. If you haven't checked out the episodes, uh, make sure you check out uh, episodes 700 and I, I lost my train of thoughts. It's 715, How to Win the Crowd because you can learn so much about um, misdirections. One thing that I really learned that works really well is people take two instructions at a time for it, uh, better than taking one instruction at a time. That's a great takeaway. Yep, so if I say, hey, Nathan, Get up and look around the room. You will want. You will. There's higher chances of you doing it. Then I say, "Hey, Nathan, get up. Now look at your room." Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So I use that a lot right now, and and the, the the other one that I really like, and you know, last month is the Shanana. 
episodes. 720, How Shanana Soft Murder with Robert A. Leonard. Robert A. That, Leonard. Yeah, that one is great. Like, so apparently Shanana, I didn't know anything about Shanana. You probably know Shanana better than me because you're musicians. Yep. I never know Shanana. So apparently Shanana was really famous in the 70s. Yeah, they were like a doo-wop group, like doo-wop revival. It's right. it's everything as as he says in in the uh in the episode. Just imagine Greece. Right. Why Greece was was popular at that time period and all basically all of that was just them directly pulling from what Sean and I was doing. Yeah, and and it's it's funny. Like James say like in the in the episodes like you 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 hear James say that he though know, like he James would watch their show. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and they had a variety younger. show in the seventies. Yeah, in the seventies, that's sort of show how old James is right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> James is showing his 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 uh, his age. Well, I like that that the series the most that the episode the most is that like it's crazy because he's a, such a rock star. He gave up being a rock star, mm-hmm. and he went and finished his PhD and became the American forensic linguist that actually help Apple won a case against Microsoft. He's kind of the man in uh, in this field of, of forensic linguistics. Yeah, he is. And then one thing that I really, really, really like find it interesting in the episode is that he did say that like people review so much from their writing. You know, like people yeah. review who they are so much in their writing. So if I write to anyone, like people would know, okay, this guy's probably, uh, English is, yeah, is his second language or he just... Recently, watch a lot of basketball, so he can you know basketball terms. <laughs> That's so fascinating, right, yeah. you know. Like it's subconscious. Like you, you, when I write something, I'm not consciously think about what should I put in there. I will think about it. I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna say this. I'm not gonna say that. I, I'm gonna say it like this. You know what I right. mean? Yeah, yeah. The whole personality to what you to to what comes out subconsciously. And also, one good takeaway from the episode is like. The information is like from writing. It's slowly, it's uh, slowly, uh, it's only based on the listener, on the reader, or the reader. So, Say it again. So, like the informations on mm-hmm. the informations from speech and writing. Yeah, it's solely based on the Who receives it. The receiver, yeah, the receiver oh. side. In a sense that, so let's say if you write, right. if you write something like. Jay, I wish, I hope you have a good day. Mm-hmm. So, I will be the one that interpret how I want it to be. It's mm-hmm. not how you want to say it or how you want to write it. Not sure right. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, in that, yeah. yeah, because like I could interpret it in the wrong way. Like, okay, is he mad at me? Is he hoping me to have a good day? Like, am I going to fall down the stair or whatever? Is he <laughs> cursing me? You know, so do you know how I met Robert Leonard? How did you meet Robert A. Leonard? You know John Levy, right? He came on the show before. He has, yeah. uh, he was on episode seven fourteen, mm-hmm. uh, the art and science of cultivating influence. John Levy. So I went to one of the John Levy uh, dinner party. Very cool. And then, and then in the dinner party, sometimes we get into a breakout room for some some activity, like hey, you know, talk to each other, blah blah blah. You know, you know how it is to break the ice. Mm-hmm. And Robert said, "Yeah, I'm an American linguistic." I'm like, "What the?" F is American linguistic. Do you just go around and talk to people or just go around and right. analyze what people say? And then I researched him and then found out he worked on all these cases and yeah, he founded stuff. the Shanana. And I just write to him like, hey, do you want to come down to the show? It took him three weeks to reply. And he said, yeah, I would love to. That's awesome. <laughs> three weeks. Three weeks. It's all right. That's yeah. better than me sometimes. <laughs> it, you took two seconds. Oh, yeah. uh, so he came on and then we have that great episode. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have any uh, another like great episode that you like? Mm, of course. I should ask Chad if, uh, if anyone that's still listening in Twitch on Twitch right now, if you have any episodes that you like uh, in the past month, feel free to type in the chat. You know, like why and what episodes that you like the most for the past month? We only talk about the past month. Callum Hughes episode was t- um, was very interesting, really? talking about yeah, just because uh, it's a topical situation. Callum is is the the CEO of Allied Corporation, which is a 
uh, multinational corporation based in Canada that uh-huh. cultivates medical marijuana products and is also looking into psychedelics. And it was interesting from a lot of ways because he's looking at multinational ideas of what they're gonna, what they're doing in Canada with a, a legal with a legal um, product national legalization, talking about what they're currently doing in the United States with CBD products and in states which have legalized things. And he's also talking about how they're preparing for the future by doing their farming in Colombia, where the price per square footage, uh, I mean, your your crop yield is exorbitantly higher and cheaper due to the natural climate as opposed to growing localized in states where it's legalized in, in America, such as greenhouses in Colorado, which can produce the same crop, but it at a completely different um, cost because you're generating, you're, you're um, needing to do indoor versus outdoor grow. Interesting. Like, so even Mark here, uh, yeah, Mark Leeds here, he's, he's, he's thinking about mm-hmm. the same thing, psychedelics and mental illness. Uh, I, I thought about mental illness a lot. Um, I'm just curious, like, Mark, I mean, we're going to keep talking because there's going to be a delay on Twitch right. uh, when this question goes out. Why do you like the episode so much? Why do you why do you like psychedelics? Do you secretly take some weird drugs or microdosing <laughs> or, or I've marijuana? I've been interested in that. that the, the micro, well, I mean, there's been big uh, decriminalization efforts to psilocybin in, um, I believe it was in Colorado, statewide. Right. And then also the just the increase in, in therapeutic ketamine treatment to long-term depressives who have had uh, medicine resistant due to other things. You know, there's such taboo things that are just rapidly changing with with legalization in other countries and, and the impending legalization in America. Right. Wow. So Mark said that, you know, he, he didn't he didn't take any of that things, but mm-hmm. he do have a an addictions treatment practice. Interesting. And there's a lot of interest in psychedelics being used in the future of addiction uh, addiction treatment. That's very interesting. It's like it's interesting because like addictions because there's a lot of different addictions, right? So there's mm-hmm. there's alcohol addictions. That's uh, like uh, if someone's it's addict is you know like let's say if someone's play games a lot, I think that's addictions as well. I wonder if sure. that that you can. I wonder if psychedelics can be used in those things as well. Is, uh, that's actually very interesting. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, there's a big debate in, in all this stuff, and uh, and especially in, in ty- types of any addiction, whether you're using an abstinence program or, or a harm reduction model, where you're not trying to eliminate something but control long-time addictive behaviors. Ketamine is breaking a cycle and trying to reset, whereas the psychedelics seem to be going in a different direction where, where the microdosing, I really don't know enough, but it's obviously if you listen to Tim Ferriss or any of those guys, they'll, you know, they have whole dedicated topics on on how they've uh, gone deep into that. So Dr. Lee also the host on the Rehab Podcast. So that's probably why he, he knows so much about, you know, the, the addiction treatment. Mm. You know? Thanks for listening to the show, Dr. Leeds. So I also have another favorite episode. This is probably one of my favorite, other than the, the Steve Cohen and the, the Robert Allen. It is Peter Bogosian. Bogosian, yeah. How to have impossible conversations. I deal with this Constantly, because I, I just hate echo chamber. I don't know if anyone likes echo chamber or not. I, I hate hate. Like I said, I like it a little bit. I like it in in when I understand what my echo chamber is and how and that I'm using it for a, a like serotonin boost. Right. Yeah. So, I. It's weird. Like I will. I will know that myself. It's in echo chamber when a lot of people agree with me and I feel good. Mm-hmm. I uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I have self uh was was the word deprecations or like like yeah, you're self-deprecating. No, yeah, I don't think that's the right term. But yeah, go on. Yeah, because like if I find myself too happy when someone says about something, I realize I shouldn't I shouldn't head down that like that that spiral. You know, like I need to like step out and listen to the other side. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that makes sense. Like, and and that episode is great because like a lot of time, it, it's just impossible to have a conversation with anyone nowadays. Uh, like, if they have opposite view, done. That's no way to talk about them. Uh, talk never no way to talk about that topic with that person. Yeah, and it's then, been a recurring theme. 
Yeah, and also what he says in the podcast is very, very interesting. Is facts, facts don't, don't matter. matter. Yeah, facts don't matter. Very important. Like, yeah, like uh, you know, like I always talk about this. Like New York, New York article. Like a lot of people, are like, hey, I like until now, like I still see people on the Facebook, like, oh, look at this happened, this happened, this happened. New York it does. New York is dead. My ass. And then I think about it, and I'm like. Yeah, you show a picture of people dancing on the street. You show a people eating on the restaurant. You show people walking on the street. That's it. But what about the underlying issues? You know, like what does that mean? People dancing on the street. Do they get paid to dance on the street? Uh, on the street, are they paying like hundred and thousand of tax dollars to help New York, you know, recover financially? Or they're just dancing on the street and then they're just gonna leave the other day, uh, the next day, mm-hmm. you know. And when people move back to the city, like, what are the what are their tax bracket? Is that gonna be? Are they gonna be uh, more? Do they make more than four hundred thousand? Because I I I think they are passing the bill of raising the tax if you have if you make more than four hundred thousand, you know. You know if if they are, that's great. So they can you know. Contribute to the the tax revenue for New York City, but if they are just student, they come in, they might not. Do do you have to pay tax if you're a student? If you're making an income in the city, then you're paying income tax. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so like if if you're if you're a student, you might not make more than hundred thousand a year. No, you're likely a student is making very very. If if they're a undergraduate student who is a full time student, they're probably contributing. They're they're earning a very small salary. Yeah, so does that is that going to help with tax revenue? Not in that sort of way, um, right? It's yeah. yeah, especially you know my guess would be the very high tuitions that those families are paying to the not for profit college institutions are not being taxed in the same way. So it's it's going directly to yeah. the money. The money's coming in, but it's going to um, a self serving uh, community. Yep, so like the episode just made me think about like you always have to ask why and what's going on underneath. Like always ask questions, always be curious. Like sure. like if someone say something like okay, New York, this is New York. Look at how many people on the street dancing blah blah blah. And then you have to think about okay, so what does that mean? You know? Mm-hmm. And also like if someone say okay, New York, New York has a lot of deficits. New York New York data show that the housing is, you know, uh, the rental is going down. What does that mean? Does that mean like we have too much supply, not enough demands? Mm-hmm. And then you know, like, like rather than taking a side, I felt like it's always good to just look at data, even though facts doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yeah, you're, you're trying to inform yourself, but you're not trying to uh, to yeah. to influence people using those facts. Yeah, and also always listen to other people. Like, like, yeah. Impossible conversations is because you're not listening. You always stand on your ground and you just say, no, 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 no. You know, like always listen. Why do you say that? Mm-hmm. Why do you say this? You know, like, is it because you got hurt by the bigger institutions? That's why you say this? Or is it because you have an ego that you have to, you have to check? You know, because a lot of time, I think egos get in the way of a lot of these conversations because you just want to be right. You don't want to be... You don't want to be informed. You want to be right. That's that's what a lot of people's mentality is. So, like, if you listen to the episodes, I hope the episodes. Uh, I have to say that episodes number. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm the worst. Mm-hmm. That's episodes. Um, that's episode seven hundred and twenty-four. How to have impossible conversations with fact when facts don't matter. Like, I hope that the episodes can help people. To realize that you want to be informed, you don't want to just to be right. You mm-hmm. don't want just to be right. You know what I mean? A hundred percent, Jay. Yeah. Do you have any other favorite episodes? No. I think I'm good. No. That's it. That's yeah. it. Well, that's all, folks. That's so I hope that you know this um company podcast, this episode with the new intro will hype up everyone. <laughs> You know, uh, and also like hopefully we'll make you go back to listen to the past episodes, listen it again. If you miss any episodes that we mentioned, listen to them again. We have great episodes, and then we also have great episodes coming up that I'm really excited about. 
some of which which include you know the makes you a millionaire series, more of them, and then we have Mike Rothschild. That is great because we talk about QAnon a bunch. Oh we talk gosh. about conspiracy a bunch, and then James you know, must be yeah. He must be so yeah. happy. I, I'm happy too. I, oh, yeah, I always you guys I love conspiracy. Nuts. Yep, I don't dive into it. I don't. I don't like. Oh, I'm a so conspiracy juicy. person. No, they're I just, just so love juicy. Listen. Yeah, I know. I love listening to them. Like it's it's so it's it's such an interesting thing to hear, listen to, and then we also have um, Ash K. Uh, so he was uh, he. I have to say he scaled a bunch of mountains. Like very he cool. climbed mountains, is very cool. We talk about what's the best way to kill ourselves. I, I strongly believe if I went to suicide, I would just go into hypodermia because I would get numb and I don't feel anything. The next thing I know, I'm dead. All right, so up on a mountain. Yeah, just go on the mountain, spend a ton of money, go on the mountain and die. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in, uh, Dr. Lee. Thank you so much for staying with us. Uh, you know, maybe next time. I really want to open up. To other people, I really want to open up to having people coming on. Uh, maybe next time I will do a better job on, you know, interacting with the chat, and then we'll just give you a code that you can join the Zoom sessions anytime. Uh, thank you, Doctor Leeds. Thank you, Doctor Leeds. Says excellent episode. I'm really happy. Uh, I'm actually really nervous. I almost didn't sleep last night. What? Yeah, because this is my first official uh, live stream. Oh, wow! With audience that I never that like I never know. So. Uh, and I also really, really nervous about the tech issues. You know, I'm a tech person, as you know, so I want everything to go perfectly. You're crushing it, Jay. Do you have any last word that you want to say? Looking forward to talking to you next month. Looking forward to talking to you next month. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.